Yes, you, you lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show, where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, Okay, good. All right then, good afternoon, Mr. Cunliffe. Mr. Henley, how are you today? I am extraordinarily well, especially for speaking to Thank you, you man. That's only Thank a pleasure. You have me Thank on you for coming That's only a pleasure. So I think the reason I wanted to speak to you, because I really like speaking to you, so that's okay. Um, but the reason I wanted to speak to you is because I've spoken to Ed and I've spoken to Jem and they are marketing service providers. So obviously they've got a, a perspective. You are a actual real live business person, although your business does kind of um, verge on the marketing. Is that fair? You do print and in your past you've done web design and stuff, but you've never offered marketing as a service, but you're kind of on the cusp of that. You've employed web developers, you've employed designers, you've done all that sort of stuff. Um, tell us, how long have you been in business? I've been in this game over 20 years. Over 20 years. So you've been marketing 20. all that time, I would imagine, by the fact that you are still in business, you've had customers, all of that stuff. So you must have done marketing. We used to cheat at SEO. Okay, good. I want to speak about that. When you could. When you, you could, could do that, what we did. Uh, and um, yeah, we built a few successful businesses off the back of that, but then you can't cheat at SEO anymore. No. Okay, so tell me, let's start with how you feel about marketing. Well, I, I know it needs doing. I'm incredibly bad at doing it myself, but I can talk to people about it, but not as articulately as both Ed or Jem could do. So what I was scared about today is that you throwing loads of questions at me, asking for big answers, and I'm not that intellectually inclined. You know, <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm not really, print. Yeah, I'm not so much interested in big answers about like what are the solutions to marketing and stuff. But I was kind of talking to Ed about the fact that business people don't particularly enjoy marketing. I was talking to Jem about the way that it's changed and you're a business owner and you've been all the way through that. So if you've been in for business for 20 years, you've been all the way through the internet marketing, you've been all the way through the social media marketing, you've been all the way through it. So I'm just kind of interested to get a business owner's perspective. Like, you know, it has to be done. You're not very good at doing it. Do you do enough marketing? Definitely not. I definitely should be doing more. Uh, but I keep coming up with excuses. Like, I mean, I think one of my problem is I have customers to market to, but I don't want to spam them. I'm just I'm not really a salesperson. I'm more of a, I don't know what I am, but I'm not a salesperson. I'm not cold call. I'm not that guy. And when I'm talking to customers, I don't want to force products down their throat. Right. 
Okay, so that makes sense. So why do you say you're not a salesperson? Like your business is essentially a sales operation. You're like a, a print agent, is that right? What it was the- Yeah, but we, because I suppose historically we've reacted to what comes into us because we, you know, we had, you know, you know, the leads, the, the quotes, the self pack requests, they come into us. So we've just spent a lifetime dealing with what comes into us. We're not, so we, we react, we're not proactive. Right. Now is a time we should be proactive, but we're not. Okay. Well, I think you have been proactive again recently. That's what I think. So what is it then that, so you don't want to be spamming people and right. I mean, we're in the middle of, we're in the middle of this COVID situation, aren't we? And I mean, we, you know, the, where are we now? October. We're in, we're in October. So beginning of March came, the last thing anyone wanted to be doing was answering a sales call or reading about what they could buy to do this. And then because it was like, you know, batting down the hatches, all hands on, you know, sit, well, sitting on your hands, doing nothing and waiting it out. Um, we can't wait it out anymore. So we've got to start doing something. But I didn't want to be, I mean, I got a few phone calls that first week, second week. I'm like, are you really trying to sell me like, you know, business insurance? Are you really doing that? And you could hear down the phone, the woman's like, she's got a gun to her head and she's, she's reading off this script. I'm like, babe, just hang up. Nobody wants to buy anything this week. And I, and I feel a bit like that. I don't want to be pushing sales when no one wants to buy anything. Right. But I think they do want to buy stuff. That's what I think. They do now, but they didn't then. So, I mean, now it's just, you know, we've got a huge database of clients or previous clients or quote requests and that kind of stuff. Um, what we are doing is, is dealing with the customers who do buy from us rather than the warm list of people who have bought from us over the last 20 years. Right. So, so the relationships with those, let's say 1500 people is brilliant. And we're talking to them and they're ordering. We're not really actively pushing to anyone else. Okay. So that makes sense. So there's two things that we've got to cover here. The first is you say that leads have always come in, inquiries have always come in, sample pack requests have always come in, emails, telephone calls, whatever that's always come in. But for me, that is the result of marketing. So there must have been some marketing going on to generate those leads and those inquiries and stuff. The second thing that we have to talk about is in March of all the people, of all the stuff that I saw going on, I thought your response was the best. And the third thing we have to talk about is you say you're not a salesperson, but you are a sales organization. You're selling all the time. And so, I think that goes to this thing that, that I've got an issue with, which is people have a really shitty opinion of salespeople and a really shitty opinion of marketing people because of the way they go about it. So is it, you don't want to be perceived like that. So you don't market or you don't sell, you do market and you do sell. So it is going on. So you've somehow rationalized that. So that's the third thing. Right, so let's do, the, let's do this COVID thing first because your response in March was the coolest thing that, that I saw happening. I've got clients, I'm being paid to market them. I didn't have a clue what to say, but you were immediately there. What were you doing in March, April? We were there to support. Yes. That's what it was. It was like, this is, you know, 
you don't want to hear from us you don't want us to sell to you but here's some tools to help you um, yeah get through this it, it was it was more you know we're all screwed let's just help each other and it was really really about that it was really about supporting and just here we are and this is what we're doing and so we you know we were spreading you know news about where you get funding from and all sorts of stuff yes now for me what that is what's that what did you see specifically that we were doing well i saw specifically there was a message that you put out was adapt and market was this kind of message that you were putting out and what I saw behind that or running parallel to that is you started running like a all day um, Zoom group that people could join at any, at any time of the day. Because I know a lot of your market locally are kind of small one man bands. And those people obviously were especially isolated. I mean, you've been in business for 20 years. You didn't know what to do. I've been marketing for 25 years. I didn't have a clue what to do. But you were right there saying, okay, what we need to do is support each other, absolutely. And, and this WhatsApp group or this Zoom chat or whatever, is, is, it was available all day and anyone can come and chat and let's schedule some chats. And I joined in on some of those chats just because I was interested to see what, what was going on and people were turning up. So for me, yeah. the most effective marketing hasn't got anything to do with this shitty notion of sales or this shitty notion of marketing. It's really about finding ways to add value to people's lives. And in, in, you know, in our case, it's in their business lives. And you did that, you were straight there. And when I saw that email, I was, I was seriously impressed. Like, okay, that's exactly what people should be doing now. I wasn't in a position to do that necessarily. Other people weren't in a position to do that. But what you did at that point when no one knew what the fuck was going on or what the fuck people were supposed to be doing, is you stood up and said, you know, the very bare minimum we can do is actually support each other. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I mean, th 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 I mean, my point behind that was that all my staff had gone home. I'm, I'm living 200 yards away. I couldn't work from home because the, the infrastructure wasn't there. So I'm walking over the bridge into the office and I'm sat in the office every day. Nothing's happening. There's no one in the office. There's no phones going on. There's nothing. So it was like, well, I'm not, I'm going to sit here, but at least there must be other people like this. So it was really a case of, you know, don't be lonely. Don't be sitting there doing nothing. Let's have a chat and see what we can do. And that was really it. Yes. But I think that was precisely the right thing. I think that was, like I say, that was of everything I saw, that was the best that I saw because it felt like the end of the world at that point. It, I mean, it really did. Like it, it felt like the, the economy was going off a cliff kind of has gone off a cliff um, but you were still able to put yourself and your business out there and 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 for me the message was literally how can we add value to each other's lives or how can I add value to your life and then you've kind of so you had this adapt and market thing going on and you did adapt yeah, I mean, it's become pivot and switch but adapt and market was the fact that I mean let's let's take what we did so there's no print going on I've got a, a customer, Simon, down the road, Simon Margarelli with the Indigo restaurant. He's like, Jim, I need to start selling, um, you know, doing takeaway food. Um, can you help me? So I sat there and, I, and, well, I looked at it and was thinking, how can I do that? I found this little app called, um, well, basically a food app, an online food app. Um, and within a few hours, sort of 
molded it so it worked for his business. And, um, and then we basically it didn't cost anything this system and it enabled a restaurant to sell whatever they wanted on a takeaway or pickup um, you know, solution. So we did that and then we started pushing out that to all our restaurant customers. So at least if they can't have people in the restaurant, they can at least set up um, a delivery takeaway service. So we're yeah. pushing that out to our base, pushing that, and that because it was like, well, there's no money going on, no one's buying anything, but people still need trading, so let's help them. So that's what we did with that. Yes. And, and, and the, from a marketing perspective, from a more cynical marketing perspective, you were finding ways, like, and significant ways, to add value to the lives of people who are your customers. Restaurateurs are your customers. They buy menus, they yeah. buy posters, they buy all of those things. Okay, so how... Sorry. No, you go. So it wasn't, and, and of course, ultimately, if we can help now, when you come out of this shitstorm, we're there for you and you'll remember us and you'll use us. Yes. And I think that's absolutely true. I think that is absolutely true. So here we are. We're six months down the track, are we? It's, come, it's the middle of October, so we're like six and a half months down the track. How, has, has that been the case? Have people remembered you? Yeah, absolutely they have. I mean, we've, we must have about, uh, I think, 200 restaurants set up through that system. Um, one of the side effects was that the system, although it's very easy to do, some people just haven't got the tenacity to do it, so they paid us to do it. So we, you know, I think we set about 20 of, up, 20 of them up. They paid us to do that for them. So that was, okay. a, you know, that was a bit of a lifesaver as far as money goes. Yeah. Um, it's a different situation now. So now that, you know, the restaurants did reopen or have reopened, so they're doing a bit of a mix. They're getting people in, sitting down. They're using the app. Um, I mean, it, you know, we we had a we had a few weeks where we were on top of the app, and then the likes of Deliveroo, Just Eat, started pushing that out to everybody. Uh, so now, you know, so it, it's all down to commissions now. I mean, our system didn't didn't charge any commission. Potentially, it could do the whole thing for free. Uh, but the Deliveroo's and the Just Eats, they take in like 25, 30 percent. Wow. So are people staying with your app or are they moving on to the, I suppose the deliveries have the audience, that's the issue. They're not necessarily geared up for it. I mean, the, where, we, where we sort of win is uh, delivery needs, you know, to, those systems you need to be able to take an order, prepare the order and deliver the order. All like that within well, like 45 minutes. Yeah. And a lot of restaurants aren't geared for that. So they want to take the order like for a, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take the order and then deliver on a Friday. So they've got enough time to work out how many lobsters they need, how much they need to cook, plan the delivery route. And then on the Friday, they'll go and deliver to their area. Okay. And that's where, we, that's where we're seeing our system working. Right. So what I saw a lot of as well is people were like, okay, everyone's going to need hand cleanser or everyone's going to need masks or everyone's going to need that sort of stuff. And I know you dabbled so, in that a little bit, but... I, mean, you know, I did dabble, and, and I mean, you know, I could see that there was, there was a need. I mean, when this first happened, um, you know, we had conversations about, you know, let's get some sanitizer in, and it's like, the cost was ridiculous. It was like, no, no, no. Now, you know, I, I did eventually get some. I had a whole plan to roll out to the businesses. Let, let's say there's uh, five, six different sectors. You've got education, you've got factories, you've got co-working spaces, all these different sections of, of employment or office or workspace. We plan to roll out these, um, these advice uh, sheets, uh, you know, what the government said you needed. Here it is in black and white, this print, that print, this sticker, this window. Um, all planned 
took me weeks and weeks to get it going and we never launched the product. You know, a thousand pounds worth of stock, thousands of pounds worth of, um, you know, web, what's the word? Um, copywriting and just getting everything ready, artwork, never pushed it out because I didn't want to, because I just didn't, wasn't comfortable making money off people in this situation. So, right. it, so it's gone. Yeah. I've got 16, I've got what, 16, 20 bucks boxes of goo out there. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to end up giving it away because I haven't got the heart to sell it. Right. Why haven't you got the heart to sell it? I've got, I just want to sell print. Just, just get back to normal. <laughs> Let me sell prints, people. I don't want to sell fucking PPE. I'm not interested. Yes. Okay. I've, got, I've spent a few grand on it and I can't shift the fucking stuff. No. Okay. But then again, also because of the, the way that the, the sort of like economies of scale, you had to buy it, this and the other. I bought, a, I bought a, whatever, four quid a bottle. You can buy it in Tesco's now for one ninety nine. Why yeah. are people going to pay me a bottle? Well, I think that was the issue at the time is that the thing was so fluid. And I know you had this whole back to work kind of pack that you were putting together. So it was like all of the signage, all of the notifications, if they had to sign stuff. But I suppose you're better off now that that didn't happen because you know, the government is all over the place in terms of what the rules are. So you can't print rules and put them on the wall because in 20 minutes, no. they won't be the rules anymore. I kind of understand right. how you feel about kind of taking advantage if people have, have to buy stuff, then you don't necessarily want to be selling it to them. So where no. are you now? Six and a half months later, are you somewhere back to where you were in February and March or? Yeah, we're, we're, we're about... 40, 50% where we were, where we need to be. Right. And we're, you know, so we're okay. We're living, we're surviving. Could be a lot better, but we are, I mean, we're a lot more proactive. So we're, you know, we are talking to those client, that client base of ours who, who have been ordering with us for the last couple of years. I haven't done anything with the, the historic stuff. I, I mean to, and I'll, I'll get there. Right. But we're, we're, we're just there for our customers. Um, and of course, networking, you know, we're right on it as far as networking. And that was part of that, this whole philosophy about here's a Zoom, here's the address, just join me. We're here, we're here for a chat. Yes. Um, all the networking's gone, gone online. It's gone into Zoom meetings and, and similar stuff like that. And actually, it's not bad. You know, yes. It gets a bit heavy. And if it's bloody boring or monotone speakers and shit, it's like, oh, get me out of here. But do it right. And, and it's really good. You see, that's the thing I think about this situation this particular this virus is that it's kind of turned people against each other or it's made people scared of each other which is the scariest thing about it you know and and i think what you did kind of cut through that idea is like we can still be in touch we can still support each other we can um do that so okay so this brings us then to point number two which is you're not doing the marketing that you should be doing probably um because you've got some feeling that it's dirty or nasty or there's some reason that you don't want to be marketing. Um, so where have these leads come from then? Or you say the leads have always come in and you've just always dealt with them. Where on earth have they come from then if you haven't actually been doing any marketing? Whatever. Yeah. 
Well, like I said, we used to cheat at SEO. So we would, you know, going back to, you know, right at the start, we, I mean, my business is built off like Exchange and Mart adverts for printing sample packs. Um, and, the, you know, the phone would ring you, you'd send a sample pack out to Kent or London or something like that. Um, and then you'd follow it up and you'd get orders and you'd deliver. And um, you'd advertise in the then, yeah, Mars, is that what you're saying? It's, yeah, Exchange and Mart, little advert Exchange used to run in there, which, you know, flyer printing, you know, advertising, leaflets. Um, that's how we started. And then one of my customers, 24 um, 7 spares, I'm not sure he's still about, Imran, but he, um, he was like, Jim, Jim, you know, there's this cool thing. It's called AdWords. And you can like, you can like do the same as we do in Exchange and Mart. But then they click onto this thing and they fill out a form. So we built a little form thing, started paper clicking and, and getting requests that way for sample packs. And that sort of got us into the whole online print kind of thing. Right, right. back at the start, you know. So when was this? This was back in 2000. Okay. So, you know, advertising is marketing. Yeah, but it's not real marketing. Real marketing is what you and Ed do. I mean, I'm listening to Ed's, Ed's things. This is lead generation. This isn't necessarily marketing. This is just lead generation. Some people call it marketing, but in reality, it's lead generation. So those little adverts on Exchange and Mart in exchange for a phone call or a, you know, that was all... To, that's lead generation, wasn't it? Yeah, it's lead generation. But for me, the marketing is lead generation. I mean, I think what Ed's talking about is Ed's talking about like the the monoliths, the Coca Colas, and the British Airways, and they're thinking about changing people's psychology to get them to buy from them. I think that he's talking about marketing being that thing. But I don't, I don't. There, there was a guy who was the guy. He was an accountant. And um, he used to be on the network Hopwood, Paul Hopwood. Do you remember Paul Hopwood? Yeah. Yes. And a couple of years in, when I was like really busy on the networking and blah, 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 he, um, I, I saw him somewhere and he's like, how's it going? And I'm like, yeah, it's really good. I'm getting people really excited about marketing. And he's like, here's an idea for you. Why don't you just find the people who are already excited about marketing? And that was kind of a revelation to me because I'd come from sales, like proper sales, cold calling people and selling them stuff. And then that was a real revelation to me because obviously the energy that I was putting into getting them excited about marketing, I didn't have to spend if they're already excited about it. And, um, and then I could put the energy into convincing them that I could do the job for them, you know? So that was a real revelation. I think that's the difference between what Ed does and what I do, which is I position my clients for people who are looking for that service already. So I just like when people are looking on YouTube or they're looking on Google or they're looking on Facebook or they're looking wherever it is they look, they find us and we look like the people they want to talk to. So that's kind of the difference between me and Ed. And I think when Ed talks about that kind of marketing, um, he's talking about the people who are trying to change your psychology to get you to buy. But I would say you're more in the Ed camp because you've always invested in brand as well. Like you've had a few brands and you have a few kinds of fingers in the pie every time, which I think is really cute. So if people are in the market and they're looking for print, then they might see three or four 
face media groups without realizing they're all the face media group. So that's what the really big brands do. That's what they do with PC World and Curry's and those places. It's just different faces on, on the same stores. So, and obviously you come from like design and stuff. So brand works really well for you. <clears throat> but I think marketing has to generate leads. So I don't really understand that distinction. I'm talking too much. <coughs> yes. <laughs> okay, good. So you're dying to tell us about SEO when when little print companies. Well, really, like I mean, yes, it's, it's a bit of a story. So I mean, we were. I mean, so you've got this exchange in Mark. This fella in Rand's like, you know, look at Google AdWords. We looked at that. Got a little holding page up. Um, it started to work. You know, and because no one was really searching for that kind of stuff, so the people who were, they wanted your service. It was an easy sell. Yes. Um, and no one else was selling print online, so it wasn't like you could buy 5,000 flyers for 89 quid, because you couldn't. You know what I mean? You couldn't. Everyone was selling 5,000 flyers for 300 quid, because it, it cost that to do a set of flyers on a machine. That's what it cost. But jobbing up, nobody was jobbing up. So on a set of flyers, A6 flyers, you could fit 16 A6 flyers on an A2 sheet. The guy down the road would charge me X amount to print the A2 sheet. We cut up the 16 sets of flyers, put them into 16 separate boxes and send them to 16 separate addresses and make some serious money. So we were doing that once, twice, three times a week. Right. Have you frozen? Or is it me? And, yeah, that, and, that's, and that's how it all started. So this is before all these big bloody print firms are out there. Um, we were doing that. And we were doing it well, and with, I mean, and it really became, to, it came to a stage where it was all about, all about the website, all about SEO, all about getting traffic. So that's what we did. We got on a mission, we built a website. It was a click to basket. It wasn't too clever, but it took an order, and we had, um, we had, well, the, we were, you know, SEO was, was, it was okay, but we were pay-per-clicking, so we were pay-per-clicking three grand a week to get the leads in to do the runs. Um, then we then we sort of like look seriously at the SEO side of things. So we went and found an SEO guy, paid him a shitload of money, and we were number one for everything with word printing in it. Wow! And that lasted. That was like a two-year ride. It was like riding the waves. It was amazing. Before any of these other big boys were about, there we were. Um, and I remember um, I got a call from a, a Dutch guy called Hans, and we were in Brighton. And I went to see Hans in a pub, I think it was the Grand Central, just to the right of Brighton Station. Sat in this pub with Hans. He's over from Holland. He's like, right, you're the biggest in the UK. I want to come into the UK. I just wanted to have a meet with you and blah, blah, blah. Hans, I met him at a conference in Germany a couple of years ago. Um, he now CEO of a company called HelloPrint. They're a brokerage, totally digitized brokerage, doing 60 million quid in printing. Right. And there's Hans. All right, Jim, I remember you. Remember we met in that pub? Like, fucking hell. Um, and, you know, I mean, what the difference is that he was on this mission, he's doing it, he's got the whole of, the, whole of, the, the whole of Europe, I suppose, access. Um, we were doing what we did, um, got in a bit of trouble, and we, didn't, we stopped investing in the web side of things or in the print side of things as far as the print and web. You know, I wasn't just number one for the word printing. We were number one for all sorts of shit. And because we were good at SEO, we took advantage of that, and that's when it all went wrong. 
because we were number one for the word mortgage on the back of the Face Media Group website. Right. So when you're number one for the word mortgage and you're taking people's details and selling them to finance companies, it's a bit naughty. That's what you were doing? Yeah. Okay, so you were generating leads from mortgage companies. Because we were, well, because we were, we'd found this, we were very good at SEO. Cheating, it was the old, so the world, you know, link churning and shit like that. You could do really naughty things um, and get away with it. And we were. And it got to a stage where we were, I mean, I was involved in a stag night company, hen night company, nightclub, restaurant, all sorts of stuff. We were number one for everything, hen night, stag night, mortgage, printing, just like money coming in like that. It was ridiculous. Then one day it all stopped because they Google changed their algorithm. The link journey stopped. Everything stopped. And we had like 60 people on payroll. We had, it was just an absolute nightmare and we had to stop. And my partner at the time and me, we had to part company. And I just went, right, print. I'm just going to concentrate on print because I know people are buying it and we make the margins in it. Everything else is like, that's beyond my reach, really. This is my game. Print's my game. Yes. That right. was back in 2000, 2006. Okay. So, so what's the thing about that? So do you do pay-per-click uh, now? No. Haven't got the budget for it. You know, it's, it's hand-to-mouth nowadays. Right. You so need, just, I mean, you were, we were throwing serious money at it, but getting great returns. But you need to throw serious money at it. So you can't. And now, I mean, like business cards as a search term, like £12 a click. And there's not 12 quid. It costs 12 quid. You, you sell them for 15 quid and you're paying 12 quid to get the customer. I mean, yes. in the scheme of things, the customer's worth three grand in print. If you can get a customer on board, they're going to be with you for three years. They're going to spend three grand. So the cost of acquisition, but 12 quid for a set of business cards and off they go. They're so fickle, aren't they? You know what I mean? They'll buy some buy them from somewhere else next time. So that 12 quid's wasted. Yes. So you got priced out of it. Why did, oh, so you stopped with the PPC and went whole hog into the SEO and then you got found out on the SEO and then it, it was finished. Okay. Right. We, so, the, 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 how we got around the SEO was um, a year, let's say a year after the split and you know, we were still in trouble as far as SEO goes. Um, one of my guys went off to the um, New Orleans um, web, you know, the Web Summit. I can't remember what it's called. Do you remember what it's called? Did you go, go to them? I never went there. But basically all the SEO guys used to go to it and there'd be some Google people there. Um, Chris pulled this guy, this Google guy aside and like, look, mate, we've been doing this dodgy shit, but we, well, we used an agency and they did this and the other. Um, we're not doing it anymore. We're totally clean. We're, nothing's going on dirty. Can you help us out? It's like, yeah, get back to the UK, drop us an email. And within about an hour of that email going, we were back up in Google. For the print stuff or but for to everything? Stay there, just for the print, because we weren't doing anything else. I've walked away from all that. Right, right, right. Okay. But to stay there. But to stay there, it needs work. You can't just stay there, can you? You have to be doing stuff. And we didn't have the money for that. Right. Man, it sounds like you came really close to making like $60 million a year or 60 million euros a year. Would have been nice, but that that's down to technology. And we we because of what happened after that, um, we we basically had to phoenix and start again, and come out the other end. But we were now web graphic design print because we had to adapt 
then to keep my my new business partners happy because I've brought partners in uh, to survive that uh, role, if you like. And that's when my foot came off the pedal as far as print goes, and I went on my journey with my new partners. We didn't invest in print. Right. Okay, so then you went into branding and websites and all of those things. So were you offering marketing services at that time? Was it like, here's a website and it will generate you this many leads, or was it, here's a website and it will look like a website for you? Yeah, it was the, the latter. Right. It was more, let, let's build your pretty website. And we started off um, uh, using a, 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 an in-house system. Right. Which was, you know, which, and it was like, you know, the, we want to be like Moonfruit. We want to, want to kick out a million sites at, you know, 300 quid. Um, yes. And it was not possible, you know, the, the amount of work that a 300 pound website, the amount of work you have to put into, you know, into a website that you're charging 300 pound for is ridiculous. You know, you've got to be charging proper money. Yeah. But the idea at the time was knock them out cheap and, you know, and often. Yeah, and live off the hosting fees and stuff, like every man and their dog was doing it wasn't, that. Like, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So do you know that you can't afford to be doing more marketing? Is that how you feel about it? Or, or like to, to, to actually get a return? So the, the question that I really have is, you were swimming in money and it came to an end and then you say you didn't have the money to, to, to get back on it or to sustain it. Is that because the money kind of went out of the business or is that because the big guys who came in actually have more money than you generated in those two years? Yeah, the big guys were, were able to throw real money at, at their solutions. So they've got, you know, and you would be, when we started, printers were, the beauty of printers were they're fucking idiots and they couldn't market themselves out of toffee. So all those old printers have been at it for years and their dad's been running this and the other. They were crap at marketing, but then surely, you know, slowly but surely they have, you know, the sons have taken over and the sons have gone, here, dad, can we just, we, I've got this idea. Let's do this website. Let's do this. I mean, let's take Solo Press, for instance. Solo Press, at one point, Solo Press, we were the same size as Solo Press. Solo Press were a, was, was a press and then the boys, the son and his mate got involved. They were into nightclubs and they just changed this whole thing and bang, here we go. There's Solo Press, sold for 20 million quid to a German outfit a couple of years ago. Um, and now they're just proper. I mean, in Germany, you've got, I went out there to do a, a print, um, an online print conference, um, sat, stood up and spoke in front of about 400 Germans. It's a very strange experience. Uh, but when I've, I've been to that show, I've been a couple of years before as a guest with, um, with the printing.com MD and when again, got invited to speak and I just thought, you know, you know, well, the thing was, it's like, you know, you're an online printer, Jim, that's why I want you to speak. But when you get there and you listen to these people with these mad 60 million pound stories, I'm not, I'm not an online printer. I'm a, I'm a reseller. You know what I mean? I was an online printer back then, but you know, taking your foot off the ball, 10 years of not actually investing in online print, you're not anymore. You're just this guy who sells print to a few people. Right. Just being an online printer, you need to be, those presses need to be rolling all the time. Yes. Okay, so, um, so you were early on the social thing as well, like social media 2008, 2009, you were building audiences, you were having audiences and stuff. 
Yeah. So you kind of are like an early adopter. Like you kind of do marketing. That's 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 my point. Is you do do it, but it seems like. But you don't do social anymore. I saw you advertising somewhere. Where are you advertising? We do. We remarket. So I've got. One of our SEO companies, you know, that we used a few years back said, hey, here's a great idea. Why don't you build these pages, colors beginning with? Hmm, okay, colors beginning with. So we spent a few thousand pounds on that. Um, five, six years later, we're number one for anything with the word colors beginning with. It's been pointless. Because nobody's searching colors beginning with. What's to buy any print? Yes. Like, you know, we get literally 3,000 people a day on the website, colors beginning with, all over the world. You can't monetize the fuckers. You can't get a penny out of them because they don't care. They're like, I mean, we ran this, um, this chat campaign, you know, live chat. What the hell are you doing here? Why? And they're like, well, you know, oh, I'm in prison in America. And I'm, looking, I'm writing a poem. And I'm looking for a color that rhymes with, you know, it's vague as fuck stuff. You can't monetize it. So we've got a form on there now, invent a color, and you can have a t-shirt printed with, I invented the color, Mleh. They don't even buy that. Right. Yeah. But it does generate Google AdWords. It generates Google AdWords? Yeah, because we've got AdSense running on it. So we use that money to do remarketing. So ignoring the people who came to the website for colors beginning with, we remarket anyone else who hits the website. So at least they still see us. So you might have, if you saw an advert, I mean, I haven't touched it in years, it's just running, but it is there. Right. So I'd, I I'd saw you, time I did a screenshot of it. I saw you on YouTube, I think is where you are. It's definitely a Google ad. Was it an advert? Yeah, need a print or, firm. We are more great. than just another online print firm. Ask us, we'll have a solution. Add facemediagroup.com. That's, that's remarketing. That's, that's remarketing. remarketing. I don't really know the ROI. I don't really know what comes off it. I need help with that. Right. Okay. So if there's anyone who knows about ads and see, this is the thing about you, Jim, is because I'd be tempted to say, oh, yeah, let me help you. And then we'll be about a minute and a half in, and I'll turn out you know 15 times as much as I do about it. And all the yeah. time you're passing yourself off as like uh, someone who doesn't know anything about marketing and you're doing I know it. it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it myself. You don't want to do it yourself. No, but I'd love, I'd love to have the time to, to get this remarketing right. Because of course, you know, if someone looks at menus, I really should be sending them remarketing about menus, I, but I don't know how to do that. So all they see is talk to us about your printing. I'm not, it's not targeted. It could be so much cleverer. And a print partner, who needs, I don't need a print partner, I need a menu, or I need a business card, or I need a whatever it is, not a print partner. Okay, good, good. So you're <coughs> early on the PPC, rinsed it, early on the SEO, rinsed it, early on the social. Um, I yeah, no, I mean, my, my Twitter account, for Jack, uh, what's it called? Flyerboy, I've got 14,000 followers or something like that. Well, I used to, at the old office, I used to go out the back on the, on the veranda, have a cigarette, and just be on Twitter. And then when I gave up smoking, I stopped that. Right. I'm smoking again now, but I'm not on it all the time. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you know I think I just, you get to a stage with social media, you follow too many people, you can't make head or tail of it, and then you're just talking to no one because you can't see anything. That's the wrong way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. 
But my argument would be that it's changed. And it hasn't always changed in the healthiest way. So PPC has changed. Like in the beginning, PPC was like turning on a tap. You want to sell business cards? Turn it on and stand by for the calls. Do you know what I mean? You want to sell windows, you want to sell cars, you want to sell anything, turn it on and stand by for the for the tools. But I think you're right. The um the the balance has gone, the return has gone. Because now are you saying it's twelve pounds per sale or twelve pounds per click? Click. Per click. click. So if you get one sale in a hundred, you're twelve hundred quid in for a fifteen quid business card sale. So it, it, it doesn't add up anymore. And I think the same for SEO, and I think the same for social. Like social was social at one point, whereas since they've started manipulating what people see, it's much less social. And the only way to really get any benefit from it is to pay. And then we've seen where that model goes on PPC and on an SEO and on everything that you pay for then it kind of goes. So maybe you're in a really sensible place now. You're clearly still doing some marketing. The phone's still ringing. You're still getting orders. You're still getting sales. But you've kind of moved through those things. Like I did a training, an in-house training for a, a, a multinational corporation. And to their whole digital team, it was like 35 people. And this girl stood up and took great pleasure in talking about how one of their customers or someone who was interested in buying their stuff came on and she chatted with him for an hour and a half on Facebook or whatever it was. And um, that's not the point of being in business. Like if somebody on my team said, yeah, I wasted an hour and a half. I was worried this guy might be lonely. You know, I wasted an hour and a half. It's like, well, that's absolutely fine. You go do that on a Sunday afternoon on your own time. Do you know what I mean? So it seems to me like, it really feels to me like that, that the whole business imperative of being in those places might have gone. You know, I think people are so much more immune to what they see on, on the internet or on social media now. I just think it, it was an amazing thing and it got broken. All those things. PPC was amazing at the beginning. SEO was amazing at the beginning. Social media was amazing at the beginning. I'm not sure there's really been an innovation since then in like the last 12 years chat, chat chat is amazing if it's manned right that little chat box in the corner that's such a converter yeah so you do that as well we do i mean we did it we did it it was something i wanted to try when i had partners we did try for a bit they weren't really keen on it so we didn't once i was free and able to do it first thing i did was smack it back on and man it and it got to the stage where there was a there's a company called Talk too, T A W K, and for one dollar an hour you can have them twenty four seven, right? So we're like, well, fuck it, let's give that a go. So we did, and you basically your onboarding is you're like, right, guys, what do you want? I'm like, I want leads. Just get us information. And as soon as someone hit the site, they would then take over and initiate a chat. Or if someone chatted, then they would talk. You know, do it. Um, I, I mean, start, I mean. I'm, uh, you know, it's not, it's not run by a bunch of Latvians, but it's basically a bunch of Latvians, um, or basically just someone in every continent. So whatever time of day you've, you've got your thing manned. Um, and we were finding, it was good, it was good. You know, the first couple of months was excellent, but then whether the chat, where they started to get a bit lazy, giving us some bad agents rather than good agents, we, they, start, they suddenly started to try and answer people like, oh, such and such, do you do metal business cards? No, we don't do metal business cards. Like, Dude, stop, you know, 
just because that patient says we don't do it, that's not the coup with us. You don't say no. Everything, yes, we do. What's your name and what's your number? That's it. Give us your data. Give us, let, you know, let us do that. That's all I wanted of them. And it got a bit like they were saying no to too many things, you know, just because they couldn't see it on the page that the customer was visiting on. So I had to turn it off. Um, right. But we've left it on, but now we man it. So we man it nine till six every day. And within, I mean, you can jump on it now. Within a few seconds, one of the guys will jump on it and start having a chat. And it's a real person with real print knowledge. You know, that's amazing. And that's such a good converter. Really? So do you know the numbers? Do you know what sort of conversion rate you're getting? I've got no idea. But all I know is we get about three or four chats and they're jumped on and they very often lead to sales. Right, per day. Yeah. Okay. But then, it, then it's also a really good tool because, you know, some people just don't want to ring up, pick up the phone. They can't be bothered to wait for an email. So as a customer support thing, the same chat is there and the same guys with access to the same systems can answer people's questions. You want to change your delivery address, you can do it in the chat. You can do anything. Yeah. Really, really good. And, and that system from Talk is free. You know, and it's funded by the people who are paying one pound a minute, one pound an hour, sorry. Yeah. That's how they, that's how they, that's the philosophy behind them. We did it for a few months, but that wasn't for us. But the actual being there is, and I'd, you know, I'd love to go 24 seven, but have real people doing it. But you know, that's stuff. You've got to pay for that, haven't you? You've got to, pay you've got to have a life and you've got to, to turn off and watch Netflix and. Yes. So here's the thing. If I were being harsh, I don't want to be harsh. If I were being harsh, I would say if you knew the true value of these things, then you might be motivated to persist with them. Like if Absolutely, you've got the yeah. numbers right on the PPC and you knew where you were every month, I mean, that is PPC is still doesn't work in every market, but still it's like an equation. It's like you need X amount of clicks to get X amount of sale to get X amount of revenue. So you can say literally it's costing me X to acquire a customer. Now, if you were doing that back in the day, if you saw exactly what you were getting in, in spending in terms of the SEO and seeing the return and the social and, and the chat and the whatever else has gone on in the meantime, the email, the whatever it is, then you might have been motivated to persist with it. You might have seen the value in it. Because I think this is something that goes on is people don't really record and they really should record and clients don't want a report. Like I'll take on a client and they're like, well, how much is of it? And I'll be like, it's this amount to do that work, this amount to do that work, this amount to do the other work, and this amount to produce the report. And they're like, oh no, well, we don't need the report. But of course, 20 minutes later, they're bored because they've got no idea what's going on. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, my the revenues from those uh, colors beginning with generates enough Google revenue to then do the remarketing. So the remarketing is cost neutral. Yeah, but maybe you'd be better off just taking the money from the AdSense. Yeah, who fucking knows? I don't know how to get into it. It's all changed. I don't know how to look at it. I don't know, understand it anymore. Right, you can go into your AdSense I've got a book account, on, surely, and see if... I've got a if, book on analytics. I read that book. It's out of date. I've got no idea what's going on. Now I've just heard they've just updated analytics again. Oh my God, I've got to learn that again. These things change and access to, to see, I mean, like the Google, the Facebook pixel. I was all over that shit when it first arrived. I've got no idea how, how to do it now. 
because it's all changed. Right. And I think... Old man now. <laughs> so do we think that this is their strategy to confuse... Because, you know, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. I think so, maybe. Do they do it to confuse people? To, because I feel that as well. Like, I've been all the way through <coughs> things, but I... Like when I teach, I teach the principles. The principles don't change. You know I mean, they might change the buttons. They might change the this, the that. You know what they did on um, pay-per-click? Is they took your ranking position off. So all the way along the other end of the, um, the spreadsheet, the last column used to be, well, you can order the columns, but one of the columns would be your average ranking for the month. So I would look at that and say, okay, I want to rank in first place. How much do I have to spend to rank in first place? And then at the end of the month, I go back and say, okay, on average, I was on 1.2. I'm going to put another few pence or whatever it is onto that to make sure I'm number one next month. Well, they just removed it. Yeah. Like, and that's what you're paying for. You are paying them literally to be in that position. And they don't tell you what that position is anymore. And they actually said to me, go back to Keyword Planner, because Keyword Planner will tell you how much it costs to be at the top of the page. <clears throat> well, my experience of that is that that was always 30% over what it would actually cost, because of course it would. If you're looking to start an auction, then you're going to tell people things are more expensive than they need to be. Do you know what I mean? It's like start your bidding at 30% more than we're getting now, which is why we're in the situation where it might cost you 1,200 quid to win a, a business card sale. You know, so I do think they, I, I do think they've broken it, and I do think the social guys have broken it themselves as well. It's when they decided they knew what we wanted to look at more than we did. I, I remember sitting down with Facebook, and I would literally sit there for an hour and read until I started reading stuff that I'd read before. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now I don't turn Facebook on anymore, but if I do, I, I'll guarantee you the fourth post in I will have read before. So I stop. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's... I mean, we haven't done SEO. We haven't done SEO in an, in an age because, you know, I think my, the last SEO agency we were using was three grand a month. We weren't getting anything out of it. And, and you know, because it's, I know it's long tail and you've got to really put the work in, but so I, I just, I'd be better off just hitting the customers that do love us already. Yes. And you definitely you know, because better especially off when you're up against... I mean, you search for anything nowadays, rubbish. I mean, you've got to fucking, oh, you want information, you can't get information on Google anymore. It's all sales-based adverts and just crap. And then you've got the shitty websites that are just um, trawling. And, you know what I mean? There's, you can't find anything anymore. No. So do you know what the work is now? What the what is? You say that you, like, you could spend three grand on SEO, you're not going to get a return. Do you know what work you need to do to run. oh yes i'd rather i'd rather be smaller scale back and do what we're doing and and network and do you know that kind of stuff because that's that works yeah and, and we can't you know it's not like we are you know like when that realization that we're not an online print firm you know so stop charging like you are you can't you know you can't be giving shit away so a price you know price drive to the bottom is just no, no good you know, if, you, if, I, if I've got a customer, well, I've found it somewhere else for that. Well, fuck off there then. Because I don't want you, you tight arsehole. I want someone who appreciates what they get, appreciates customer service, appreciates 
quality product. You've got that adage, PDQ. Do you know about that? No. Price, quality, and delivery. You can't have all three of those things, man. You've got, you know, you want it cheap, then it ain't going to be quick, and it ain't going to be amazing quality. Yeah. But if you want it quality, it ain't going to be cheap, and it ain't going to arrive fast. You want it fast, and you want it cheap, that doesn't work, man. PDQ. <laughs> And you get the you get those clients who want it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um. Can you? Yeah. Can I have it cheaper? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You can. You can have it in ten days, and I'll give it to you half the price. Yes. You know, that's too far. What do, you, what do you want? You can have it half the price in ten days' time. You know, some of them will go. Yeah. All right. And fine. That's fine because I'll still make my margin because yes. I'm going to buy it somewhere who is doing it for the ten day price. Yes. See, this is the issue also in your business is that it has become hugely commoditized. So it literally is about price very often. But and I don't want the, those. Customers. No, you don't want those customers. Nobody wants those customers. But I would say you don't want to be in that industry. What are you going to do? You're 25 years in, 20 plus years in. What are you going to do? So I think maybe you've got to the right place. But you also do like database stuff. You've got all your. I think you do more marketing than you let on. Why are you lying about how much marketing you do? Because I, I physically don't send any spam emails to anybody because I fucking hate it. Why don't you think about like the, all that stuff that you were doing for like your network, like advising people about the grants that are available, this sort of stuff? Why didn't you just do that to your email database? Well, we did, we did, and then you get you get a bit overload. Then everyone was doing it, and everyone was, oh, you know. I, I didn't want to be. I was there at the beginning of that, and that's it. I didn't want to be doing that, reminding people how fucking shit life is every day. No, you, you know, you got to let them go. So we we didn't. I think the last email I sent was probably April. And I haven't okay. done one since. Yes. Because I've got no message to tell them. I've got nothing, you know, the customers that have, that have worked with us, yeah, I've been speaking to them, we've been calling them out, making sure they're all right. I'm not selling them, just, you okay? And that email was beautiful, and some of the responses, you get some proper responses back. Yes. You know, because you know them. You know, I don't know 35,000 people, but I know my 1,500 customers. Yes. So is that your message then, to scale back... I mean, is that, would you recommend that to other people? I recommend to stop going for the new business and cultivate and, and build relationships with the customers who do love you because it's easier and it makes more money. Yes. There was a thing that um, Business Link, do you remember Business Link back in the mid-2000s where they went out and employed loads of middle-aged white people to go around and talk to people yeah, about became, how to be more successful? Yeah, they What's that? They became... Sussex Chamber of Commerce. No, it was it was a government initiative. I think they might have been based in the Chambers of Commerce, yeah. Um, but they did yes. a survey, apparently, and they found that it's 17 times more expensive to find and win a new customer than it is to sell to an existing customer. Mm. <clears throat> so this was interesting because people would come to me right at the beginning and they'd be like, I need new customers, I need new customers. And I'm like, well, what's the issue with your old customers and they're like oh well they're all shit i don't want those customers well the thing is they've done a shitty job for them so they weren't buying them and so that was the 
that was the issue. Do you know what I mean? All right. I, th I think you've gone up in my estimation. I think you might be more sensible than I uh, than I even thought. Hmm. So that's so when I'm talking to a customer about his print, I don't. I'll talk about what database you got, what information have you got, have you got their addresses, we can do some direct mail, we can do this, we can do that. Let's talk to them. And they soon, very soon go, oh yeah, okay, because that is the most way to make more money. Yes. No, it absolutely is. And understanding, and this comes back to Paul Hotwood, I didn't expect him to be a feature of this today, but he had, like, I built a database, I don't know, 40, 50, 60,000, whatever it was, and I was hitting those people every week. And he was doing much better with his small local database of like 1,600 people that he actually knew than, than I ever was. So I think that is hugely correct. You know, I think... Yeah, Adrian told me a story. Do you remember Adrian Swain? He told me a story about a wood, um, like a, a... It was a kitchen fitter, kitchen cupboard fitter. And that kitchen cupboard fitter, basically, you know, what new customers <laughs> want more money, want... He told him to go back through his database, ring them all up and check that their cupboards were still working. And the guy did it and he just, you know, hi, I fitted your cupboards a year ago. Is everything all right? Yeah, cool. Okay, bye then. Off the back of that, he got so much work because of the phone call. Maybe there was a, you know, a hinge had fallen off or something. But the fact that he'd done it and communicated just generated so much more business, repeat yes. business, referrals. Yeah. But the guy didn't need customers because that did it all. Yes. No, I thoroughly believe that. I thoroughly believe that. And I think it, I think maybe the internet and digital marketing is, is too much of a distraction. Like if you're not investing in that, if you're not being successful with that, then it's, do you know what I mean? It's like people, it's like the shiny toy. People want to do that. I mean, the way to really have an effective business is to do a great job for your customers get to the point where your customers can't shut up about you. So if anyone mentions the word print, they're like, you need to speak to Jim. You know, and that's, I think that's been undermined a little bit by the internet because now people won't even say like, I need a printer, they'll just Google it. And I think, yeah, I think that's the sensible way to run a business. Yeah, so, I, what, think, I think this, I mean, the whole referral based um, recommendations, Net, I mean, that's networking. Networking is building relationships and getting referrals. Yes. And you are an inveterate and, networker. So tell us about the value of networking. Well, I mean, I've been doing, you've heard of BNI. I've been doing BNI for 15 years. Uh, BNI's got a philosophy called giver's gain. And if you look more carefully into what that is, it's basically just be good to people. So the whole being available during COVID on a, that's giver's gain. I'm giving you my time. I'm here for you. I don't expect you to reward me, but karma is a bitch and it, you know, it will spin around and feed you. you know, yeah. So the more help you can be to everybody, and that's my whole philosophy, it's like give, 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 because if I can help you, you'll remember that. And, and it will come back to me, whether it comes back to me from you or from the next guy or from someone else, doesn't matter. I'm, I, love, I love that. Right, and do you get upset if you don't get it back? No, you can't be because it's, it, it, will, it will come from somewhere else. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? I, what, what does piss me off is when you, you know, you've, there's a, you know, you're giving someone advice and you're like this, that, and the other, and they go and fucking Google it somewhere else and buy it somewhere else, and then you see an Instagram and 
they're wearing a cap that's got a logo on it. I didn't print that. Fucking bastard. You know, that, that's shit. You know, never mind. But then, you know, we're not the cheapest, are we? So, you know, you put an idea like, yeah, um, branded cap. You go and buy a branded cap with Vistaprint, don't you? All right, fine. But it's just that that's a bit of a shit. But you're still giving, aren't you? Yes. And it makes perfect sense. I think um, I'd like to be that generous, but I'm not that generous. I think... See, marketing is... You are? You are. You're, you're, you're um, what-the-fuck videos. They're giving information. Yeah. You're not giving that shit. You're not charging for that. No, exactly, yeah. And that, I, I do, I do want that. The karma of it is that you will get client off it. Well, I don't want clients, but they, they, you know, I do definitely want to help people. You know, and I want to help people see through this marketing BS so that they can be, because that, after whatever it was, like 11 years that I was running around talking to small businesses and seeing the state of small businesses and actually the difference that uh, some marketing would do for them. And the thing that was holding them back was this sea, this tsunami of bullshit. You know, if, if I can help people with that, then I really want to do that. Um, but marketing's the worst because they invite you in because they haven't got a clue. And then you tell them exactly what needs to happen. And then the second time you go back, like they're the world's leading authority on marketing. And then they don't want to do any of the stuff that they thought was brilliant like a week ago. They want to do all the stuff that they've now Googled or their friends have said to them or something else. But I think marketing is like gym membership. Like I said to, um, to Ed, you know, people are all excited and then they actually don't have the legs to do it. Yeah, I think your approach for me, for a small business, you're a small business, you know, doing what you can do. And I think this is where marketing agencies go wrong is they're like, well, you have to do Facebook and you have to do Twitter and you have to do SEO and you have to do PPC. and You have to do all of these things. And the truth is, you can't keep up with all those things. They're, they're all changing every 20 minutes. You can't do that. Good. So what's going on around you? How are your competitors doing? Are you hearing much about that? Depends what you mean, competitors. I mean, you know, online printers, you know, they've, they've got their COVID sections of their websites and they've got this and that. They're all doing fine. Um, but the, the, the presses that are in problems are the ones that, that, aren't, that have no online, I suppose. They've got no online presence because customers are getting smarter. So, you know, you can't rely on that customer that you've had for 30, 40 years anymore because someone like me will come along and go, you'll be ripped off me. You know, we can do that for this much money. And we will do that because they don't want to go, they don't want to go Googling, but they just want a fair price. We've seen customers who are being charged £120 for a set of business cards. And then you see the card, you look at the spec, and you're like, that's a £12 set of business cards, and you're paying £120. <clears throat> because the, the press, his technology's moved on. He's printing things cheap he's not passing it on right that's not there that's just robbery yeah so what so, is so, your yep what's what no you were going to say something no i wasn't okay so what's your recommendation now for businesses it's looking pretty grim there again in the uk like like yeah, it is locking down and uh, stuff and the north fucked that bit's if they were right down south. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, I mean, within the next day or so, we could be um, another lockdown down in Brighton here. 
but at least people are spending money. It's not like they've stopped spending money. So even if you went into another lockdown, it wouldn't turn everything off. It wouldn't be like it was the first time because you know you're going to come out of it. Then we didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. And we were scared and no one was spending anything. At least, I mean, and you've got, you know, you've got, and, you know, the restaurants are now, there's ways that they can sell stuff. But it's, you know, the, the tech that's in place has just saved the hell out of people. I mean, I had a, what do I do? I got up, Carl stayed over and I got, we got up and I got a <laughs> Uber Eats breakfast delivered, you know, a full English breakfast for a little calf down the road. Cool. Amazing. Amazing. I really like a full English breakfast. Oh, you should go. Oh, you're not in the UK. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. So, did we get to the end? We we started. We've started, yeah. Oh. We started about an hour and fifteen minutes ago. Oh, sorry. There's a lot of editing there. Might have taken some swear words out. Um, I mean, we haven't spoke about networking really. No. And that is that's one of my passions because. Um, I, you know, I think, I mean, for me around here where I am, I'm on the scene and I'm there visible and that's really where my local business comes from now. Right. And even then I'm really selling myself. I'm this guy who wears white shoes and crazy trousers. I'm at most networking events, but half the people don't know what I do because I'm not that pushy with it. Right. Well, the thing is, I but. think in, in a commoditized business like yours, see, there's also a trust thing. I used to buy from you purely for the fact, like I knew about the online options. What were they called? Aubergine or cucumber or some aubergine print? Aubergine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. If I want to do the artwork and send it off and be confident that, that the artwork's right, then that's fine. I can get it for like half the price. But if I have to send it back to get it done again, then it's going to cost me the actual price. And if I have to send it three times, it's going to cost me 50% more. That, that is where we win. That is, where, that is where the resellers win because we know what we're doing. We're not going to send your shitty artwork off. We're going to make sure it's good. Yes. Um, and that's really, that's the, the sort of like, that's where the, the service is. So like, use us and we'll make sure it's right the first time. It won't be a problem. My, 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 my job title on my business cards is head of customer love. You know, not director, not this, that, and the other. It's head of customer love because it's all about the love you give to your customers. It's all about yeah. treating them right, making sure they get what they want. And it's all about having okay. something in the bank because, you know, I know you well enough to know that you can love your customers as much as you like. Things are going to go wrong from time to time, but you have to have that yeah. credit to see you through that blip. You know, it's like, this is going to be difficult. And some jobs, no matter how much you try, some jobs, some customers just have a shit time because something goes wrong. Yes. You know, I mean, what, when, you're, when you're brokering or reselling, you know, you're relying on the press, you're relying on the factory, the, you know, the, the courier service, and often it's the bloody courier service of Buck's Yes. You can do everything in your power to get it out of the factory on a certain day, and then a courier delivers it to the wrong place, or it goes to Manchester instead of, you know, mother well or something, you know, shit happens. And you've yeah. got to be prepared for it. And, and the beauty is that when you're dealing with us, we'll put it right. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's not your fault, we'll put it right. Yes. That's what, that's what I think is really important. Yeah, no, me too. But I think the important thing is that if you are in a commoditized industry, like print is super commoditized, like you can see 
1500 print prices in the next 10 minutes if you're on a mission to get a good price then that you have to add something and the thing that you add that i i think that sees you through is that relationship you know and it's like when i was in sales i was never selling print i was selling like whatever i was selling like big end it solutions but a good meeting for me would be where I'd sit down and we'd talk shit about his family and the football and the da 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 da, da. And then at the end, it would be like, okay, and this and this and this needs to get done. It's like, cool, I'll see you in six months. You know, that's, that's the best kind of relationship, I think. That's where you need to get to, especially if you're in like a hugely commoditized industry. So you have faith in, in what's going on with the economy and stuff. Is it going to get come back? Is it going to get well again? I don't, God knows, but I have faith in me. I have faith in what my team are doing. Yeah. So we, you know, we make sure we do. We've got a couple of projects. We, you know, we sell print, but we have a project called on brand on time. And the whole idea of that is it's a template system. So um, a multi-site company. I mean, one of uh, one example, prestige nursing are a client of ours. They've got 34 branches, 34 branch managers, use the system. Sorry, I'm boring you. 34 branches, use the system. A user system, they, a branch manager logs in, orders leaflets, flyers, um, a whole load of branded material, you know, key rings, stuff like that, which we've got in a factory down the road or a warehouse. They order that and it goes to print and it's on brand because they haven't been, a, we don't let them fuck up the fonts and the colors. Um, it's on time because once they've clicked it, it will be delivered. So on brand, on time, that's a perfect client for us because for them, for their marketing department, it's very hands off. They can just let their, end users or their you know their, their branches do their thing um they trust us enough to not fuck it up and get it delivered and we do um, and you get I want more of orders them because they're in the system because they've done the they're in the system. And they're very hands-off for us um you know we we have to get involved and it's in the care industry so the care industry those branch managers they don't you know they don't need to know anything about marketing they're just running their their branches um, yes. you know so we, we give them all the tools to do that um i want more of those more of those kind of customers. Another thing we've been working on is jam roll. What we discovered, what we sort of fell into a few years ago was doing like school leavers hoodies and trip hoodies. And when you're, if you talk to anyone who, who's in that, or not in that game, but any school who buys that stuff, it's an absolute nightmare. They're walking around the, you know, after school, the parents are arriving, right, Mrs. Miggins, um, David's hoodie, what size, uh, what color, and can, uh, have you paid? And that whole, process is really painful um, and we've managed to take all the pain away by um, building a form that the school push out to the parents the parents visit this form they fill out they choose the size they put the name in they pay and we give the school access to see who's paid and who hasn't totally hands off and then we do that and there's you know with those kind of levers hoodies trip hoodies there's some good margin in there and by taking the pain away we're finding that's really really working so we're that's another so we're looking for PTA, people in PTAs, people in schools, uh, you know, responsible for buying that kind of stuff. Yes. Just two, two different parts to the business. We're still a print firm and we'll print your business cards and flyers. And these but... are two different brands, is that right? Brand on time is a brand and this jam roll thing is a brand. Yeah. See, this yeah. is what I mean. You do brand. You do brand a lot. Of course you do. Because, yeah, 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 of course you do. But, you know, let's go back to 2006. I had 10 brands out there selling print. So you like you say, you know, you use curries and you didn't know what they called. We did that. We, we, 
when when I took the partners on and we stopped we stopped all that so you know we've got brands now that haven't put an order through in years because the website's still there but we don't market that brand right and that's sort of like I want to get back to that and and you need to be able to see where that money's coming from you know you at do. the moment everything comes in here we don't really know what to what to put it against so by so we're sort of doing a bit of a restructure at the moment so we'll know what Jamrel is bringing in we'll know what on brand on time is bringing in um, we're going to launch um, a specific brand just for hospitality because we used to do that and we haven't done it we've got a huge database needs to segment it and know what we're doing and then push push those push hospitality through that one brand and see what's coming through it because at the moment it's just one big mess yes and the thing is I think that is that would be my advice to you is you need to get some kind of transparency you need to get some kind of feedback because the danger is that you do what lots of businesses do which is put money in the wrong place you know so yeah. if something's working you know you have to do it on your intuition and intuition shit in these situations like you really want the jam roll thing to be doing really well so you invest more in that when actually it's the other thing that's <coughs> generating the return but i think if i'm taking anything away from this conversation it's what you said about three minutes ago which was oh, i can't remember what it was now oh that's good then <laughs> must have been really important i think the thing is like did you not think that all of these different brands because like there was a time in seo that you'll remember where it was entirely about your domain name so if you had your keyword yeah. in your domain name you were top so what we yeah. did is we went around and did the keyword research for all our customers and then we created them another 60 landing pages against these 60 domain names and then google which is, I think, what Google do, which is the thing that makes it damaging, is they change the rules retrospectively. They're like, oh, this was, you were perfectly allowed to do this yesterday, but today that's against the rules. So I think that's the thing that makes Google not a good bet. I used to tell people that SEO was a long-term investment, and around 2012, Google made it clear that actually it's no kind of investment and they want you spending money I think the thing that I'm taking away from this is really about focusing in the thing I'm taking away actually is the thing that I've always known which is about you have to find ways to add value in people's lives and for me that gets me away from the feeling bad about being a marketer or being a salesperson you know if I know what I'm marketing or I know what I'm selling is going to do them good in their lives then actually, and I think the trouble is that marketing and sales, and especially in the UK, has just got such a shitty reputation. Like people actually think the job of sales is foisting product on people who don't want it. That's what they think it is. Like even, uh, even Ed was saying, you know, to know that we are probably going to do the very best for them. You know, that's kind of my approach to marketing is, and I started out, I mean, I've sold all sorts of stuff in all sorts of like hardcore sales environments. Um, but for me, that's the sensible thing to do. And if there is no market, then don't be in that market is what I would say. Do you think, do you, if you go right back to the start of your working career, do you, do you regret not doing something that was consumer based? 
Um, no. You know what I mean? Because if, if someone had pulled me aside at the beginning of all this shit and said, Jim, just do something that everybody needs. Everybody. Yeah. Then it'd be a totally different kettle of fish, wouldn't it? I mean, all these people who have done something during this lockdown and gone and made a, you know, and started something new and it's worked for them. It's all consumer based because everyone needs it and everyone stuck in their homes needs it. Not businesses. Businesses didn't need to buy shit over the last few months. And, and over the last 20 years, it's bloody hard selling a set of business cards. when if you sold, I don't know, a button for a shirt, you'd be selling millions, wouldn't you? Something everybody needs. The thing is, I think about that is it's not necessarily easier. And what we get, what are you going to do? Go into retail? Like when we were 23 or whatever, we're going to go and get a retail job so that we're selling to consumers? Or I'll tell you the one thing that I, I wish I had known and I would have invested something in is like the real commodity stuff, like finance. I had no idea how rich finance people were getting. Like the school bully ends up being a financial advisor. I had no idea how much money was available in that, or even selling telecoms or photocopiers to businesses. And I had no idea of the residuals and those kinds of things. I wish I'd known something about that maybe 15 or 16 years ago. Um, I'll tell you what my regret is. My regret is in 2015, I was doing YouTube like properly. I've been looking back through my old channels today. My regret is stopping it then. I'm like five years behind where I could have been. If I'd continued with that then, I'd be in a much better position now. But you know what? I've got the time to do it now, so that's also good. Do you have any regrets? I'd like to do that. No, I've got no regrets, but I, except for doing something that everyone bloody wanted, like, you know, washing powder. I don't know what the fucking answer is, but this isn't, you know, this isn't fucking easy. It's hard. And I'm tired. But you think it's right. like if you're, I don't even know what the washing brands are called now, but if you're Purcell, the Purcell still make washing powder, it's easy to sell uh-huh. washing powder. But there's going to be, um, so that's the difference between you and Pronto Print or whoever they are, or GoPrint or Easy Print or Jet Print or oh, Internet Print or whatever they're name. called. What's that? What's that other people's name? Sorry, man. They're all shit. They need to come to you for a relationship and some. Yeah, and they are, is the truth. And that's the, that's the value that you're adding to your customers' lives. It's like there's the very practical, if you're colorblind like I am, it's not going to come back a stupid color. So every time you give your business card to someone, they're going to say, did you really decide on pews for your business card? And then there's the, there's the relationship. You can, like, all day long I want to do this. This is what the internet has done for, for people. Like, in banking, I used to have the telephone number of my bank my bank branch and if i had an issue and for a long time i had to kind of wheedle my way because all the call centers came in and they didn't really want to be talking to me but i would stay friends with them because i'd want to have that conversation i want to have conversations now i think people want to have conversations but the internet is making it more and more difficult for that to happen that's what i think so i think if that is your proposition chat to us, know our first names, know the football teams we support, we'll know the football teams you support, and we'll know about the order five times ago when it didn't go quite right, so we need to put an extra note. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's That is real value in 2020. 
And I think especially with what's gone on, I think people are so far removed from each other. I think that's the really scary thing about what's going on is that people are actually scared. I don't know if they are scared of each other, but that's the official line is you need to be scared of each other. You need to stay two meters apart or in groups of less than six or not with other people from other households. That, that's the concern. Good. But this is the fix. This is the fix. You know, that's, and that's, I mean, in the business community, there's no face to face at the moment. So this Zoom is all there is. I mean, there's other, um, you know, other brands, I suppose you could do. But um, that's what, I mean, with, as far as networking goes, this is what we've got. You can still do your face to face stuff one on one if you have to. But as far as getting 20, 30 people networking in a room, this is the way to do it. Yes. And I sat in a one of your networkers. It wasn't too terrible. No. Quite fun, isn't it? It is quite fun, yeah. It's got to be fun. Otherwise, what's the point in any of this? What's the point in any of it? Yeah. Okay. Listen, we're going to have to draw a line here because my camera's just died again. That's <laughs> <laughs> but this has been an absolute pleasure. I knew there'd be something that I could learn from you, and I hope everyone watching can learn from. So do you want to give everyone a little plug? Not really. Okay. I'm not How a salesman. How do they get to do business with Jim Cunliffe? My name's Jim, and you can find a website that we look after called facemediagroup.co.uk. Okay. They might find you networking around Brighton in your white yeah. shoes. Uh, sorry, my phone was ringing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in Brighton and Worthing area wearing white shoes and like stripy trousers. Um, I'm overweight, um, coming up to 50 years old, got no hair, got glasses. Um, if you're in that area, you say, do you know Jim the Printer, then someone will know me because, you know, a bit famous and all that shit. Um, I'd love to help you. You know what I mean? I love talking business. I love just engaging. So that's cool. It. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your time, man. And I will catch up with you really soon. You take care. Love you, man. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.